fellow friends, randos, and other people who decide to chime in on this podcast series. Welcome to another episode of the now infamously known podcast series called Have You Seen It? Where we discuss a film, break it down into very tiny pieces, and then provide a simple recommendation to you, the listener, to see the film or not, as well as help you make informed choices in your film-watching journey and to continue to grow in your movie buff hour. I've been trying not to spend my whole entire summer in a movie theater and decided to re-watch some of my favorites at home and take a break from seeing a new film this week at least. This episode, we will be talking about Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. Yes, I am talking about the stop-motion animation feature. Grown all you want, but I think it's a great but dying art form, and we will review it regardless. So anyways, gather around my imaginary campfire. And let's dive into the land of analysis, shall we? Isle of Dogs is set in the not-so-distant future in a town in Japan called Megasonic City. Sorry if I butchered the name. Where a series of dog-borne illnesses has reached all of the town's dog population. In fear of those diseases jumping the species barrier to humans, they move all the town's dogs to a nearby island full of trash as their new home. The story follows a makeshift pack of homebody dogs and one stray. Duke, Boss, King, and Rex are the homebodies and Chief is the stray. A child referred to as the Little Pilot crash lands on this Isle of Dogs to search for his very own dog named Spots. So Chief and the pack decide to nurse the child back to health and help him find his long lost dog. But not everything is what it seems here. We later learn there is a vast conspiracy at the highest levels of the city's government, closely tied to the dog's exile, their diseases, and even the little pilot himself. Ooh. This is a spoiler-free episode this time around, so don't be too worried on not finishing the episode. You could assume any episode moving forward is a spoiler-free one, unless I mention it otherwise if that helps with any potential confusion in the near future. Sweet. We cool? Cool? Awesome. Love it. What I enjoy about this film more than any other Wes Anderson films is the art style being stop-motion animation. It is done very well and mixes other animation styles to keep things fresh and interesting. As an example, characters talking and moving around on screens looks like a different animation style from stop-motion animation. I don't know for sure, you guys, but I can fetch my interns to check for me if that creative element is a big deal or not. Just a thought. Make my interns work. Ha. Moving on. Another element I appreciate is the way information is presented to us as viewers. Through the opening title card and other creative means, we learn the following. All dog barks have been translated into English. Almost all humans are speaking Japanese, and all Japanese dialogue is immediately translated into English in real time through super advanced technology and one foreign exchange student from the mystical lands of Ohio. And she has a habit of narrating everything she does. Perfect. Just perfect. Just for us. I thought that element was super funny when I watched it for the first time. An excellent narrative device to get what is happening in real time, but also internationally friendly with Japanese spoken as well. Overall, the dynamics with the pack and the little pilot are amazing, and the smaller moments that Chief has with the child during the adventure is also touching. 
The dog disease's B-plot line takes a backseat with the main plot of one boy going through the extreme means to find his dog, and through him, the people of the town finding their collective love for their dogs as well is the A-plot. You may be asking yourself, Alex, do all the other animals in this film speak English as well as all the dogs in this story? Unfortunately, no. It's not a Disney movie where all the animals start singing with each other and all of their problems magically go away. It's not that kind of movie. You need to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Guess I couldn't hold it back anymore. Uh, I'll just let it go. <laughs> all right, that was my one frozen joke for everybody. You're welcome. No, the one owl and several cats don't speak English. They only make their natural sounds. Hoots, meows, you get the deal. But the owl is the exception. One of the side characters has an owl friend who can communicate with the other dogs, and they can understand the owl, and vice versa. It's weird. Just use the same logic on how Han Solo and Chewbacca can understand each other perfectly, regardless of them speaking two different languages entirely. Overall, this film has excellent storytelling and creative narrative devices to keep the viewer engaged and excited to see a unique story of a possible dystopian future. At its core, though, it's a loving adventure of a boy and his dog. I would give this film a watch and recommend it to you, the viewer. As always, we try our best to help you make informed choices in your film-watching journey. This film is PG-13 for swearing, some fight sequences, and minor uses of blood so preteens and up can handle the subject matter without major issues. As for how to watch this film, it's been out since 2018, so currently at the time of this recording, it's streaming on Disney+, and also on the other popular platforms you can buy or rent films nowadays. But if you don't believe in the internet for personal reasons, I don't believe in the internet. Scares me. Would be, I would imagine, that person's thought process. But I digress. You can always get a hard copy of it on DVD or Blu-ray. Right on! We're on to our segments part of the episode where everyone loves, even the interns. As a side note, they remind me that I can't be too unreasonable with my instructions due to these things called labor laws and OSHA violations. Apparently the segment part of the episode is too demanding for them. That's fine. They're usually helpful, and I enjoy hanging out with them for everything Bagels Tuesdays. Bagel Tuesdays! Yes! Ah! That's Kyle's impression when he sees the bagels. Just goes nuts over the bagels. Anyways, I guess I'll have to start pulling more of my own weight on these segments, or I might have a mutiny on my hands. Anyways, let's start things off with the fan-favorite segment called Filmology where I mention a term, narrative device, gear, role, or more that helps create that sweet movie magic. This week's filmology term is stop-motion animation. Exploring this term further seemed like a good idea since this episode was made in that art style. Stop-motion animation is an art style in which objects are physically manipulated in small increments between individual photographed frames so they will appear to exhibit independent motion or change when the series of frames is played back. Usually the characters and settings are made from lumps of clay or silicone models. It takes a lot of work to move, photograph, and even film that on a full feature film scale. So I personally find it amazing when the final product is made. Alrighty, let's start to bring this episode to a close with our other fan favorite segment called Fun Facts. 
all of our segments are loved equally. Isn't that wholesome? Fun Facts is a segment where I give you extra fun info that could be about everything from the making of the film to elements within the film itself. So you can be the first place winner at a movie trivia night wherever that takes place. Good for you. Here's some fun facts about the film. This is Wes Anderson's second stop-motion animated feature, and his first one's called Fantastic Mr. Fox. Isle of Dogs was nominated for two different Oscars during its release, one for Best Animation Feature and the other for Best Soundtrack. One shot of the dogs and the little pilot having lunch on a metal beam is a reference to a famous photograph called Lunch Atop a Skyscraper, in which a bunch of workers is having lunch on a metal beam over Manhattan crazy the main pack of dogs in the film all have stereotypical names meaning leader duke chief king boss and rex it's a synonym bonanza over here bonanza bonanza anyways more fun facts the material for all the dogs fur is made out of alpaca wool super interesting i would love to know the logistic amounts of how much alpaca wool they needed for all the dogs but i couldn't find that on google or forgot to well congrats to the og fans who have been with us from the beginning and the others who have joined us for the very first time we have made it to 20 episodes strong way more than any marvel tv show suck on that loki Anyways, as a gift to the fans, and we've been putting this off longer than we should have, our email is finally up and running. Feel free to give us segment ideas, movies, themes, series ideas, and more you would like to hear in a future episode, and we will give you a shout-out on said episode. Feel free to email us at haveyouseenitpodcast74 at gmail.com. All lowercase and one word and the actual number seven and four not written out so have you seen it podcast number seven four at gmail.com thank you interns for finally getting around to that cue the confetti machine what do you mean we can't use it inside Kyle I gave you one job for this episode and it was to flip a switch on the confetti machine for have the viewer submission email up and running now you're just listing all the OSHA violations if we do it inside how about outside okay we can do that perfect thank you Kristen for thinking on your feet now we can do the confetti machine party after I'm done recording oh shoot we're still recording anyways thanks for tuning in to another great episode today give this movie a watch or not I ain't your mama have a great day now you can ask your friends this question have you seen Isle of Dogs